Cody. How are we supposed to start this thing again? We, we never get this part right. Well, last week we were, we were from Texas. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> so now we're from Mexico. <laughs> oh man, not good. You you have uh, um, any uh, anything that happened to you this week worthy of sharing? On here, kind of getting into this a little bit. Yeah, I um, I didn't follow CDC guidelines, and I took my kids to Royal King. The of course, you one, did. Yeah, I know. the The number one rule was put your hands in your pockets and don't touch anything. We're going through the store. I'm getting some things I need, and I cough. It wasn't a cough like a a sick cough. It was to clear my throat. And Kendall <laughs> stops and says, "Dad." You cannot do that. People will think you have the coronavirus. (laughs) We're going to get kicked out. (laughs) I told her, I said, shh, don't say anything. Don't say that word. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't say that word. I thought it was funny. Seven-year-old, you know, speaking that kind of context, I don't know, just kind of funny to me this week. I had a good one. Um, We were, uh, Paul and I went, and we were pulling trees out of some fence rows this week. And we're sitting there, he's on my lap, we're on the skid steer, we're both buckled in, you know, safety first, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just, I had like this little grapple thing that you can pull up to the tree and kind of pull it out. And, you know, I'm just going along, pulling out little trees here and there, and, you know, he's just riding along. It was a lot of fun. Well, I get to this this bigger tree, and I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of working at it. I had to kind of work back and forth, you know, a little bit, and... And, and twist on it and do some different things. So it was a little little tougher. It was a bigger tree. I mean, you know, quite a bit bigger tree. Monstrous for him, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I get this thing pulled out. And no joke, like he's sitting there in his lap. I, his little hand goes up in the air and he goes, yeah! Like he's so <laughs> pumped, man. Like so excited. And like, you know, that's a, that's, I enjoy doing manual labor and stuff like that. But like when he was that genuinely excited for me about that thing. I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel like a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Take a snap screen of that one because it's not going to last long. I know. <laughs> I know. Like I want to bottle them up right now. I mean there's things I would def I definitely, you know, you want them to mature and grow into, but like the whole I'm I'm his hero right now. Ugh. Yeah. I don't want that to go away. It starts about 10 years old. I got a 10-year-old, and I'm starting to become the annoying parent, so <laughs> it's only going to go downhill from here. <laughs> well, you were already the annoying friend. Yeah, I know. So. I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, man, I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Um, not a not a not an easy subject to talk about today. Uh, we're going to get into suffering, and um, this is a subject that's near and dear um, to to our hearts because you know because of the situations that that you have faced that mm-hmm. this this local body of believers this community has faced um, recently and and in the past and. And, and so it's something that we know better than we'd like. Right, yeah. I mean, just for a small community, we've really been pierced pretty deep, I mean, in the last few years of a lot of significant um, tragedies, you yeah. know, so, yeah. It's kind, I, of a, I, kind of appropriate, though. I mean, we have Easter coming up. Yeah, and I think, 
you know, that was, you know, when we had talked about kind of what we wanted to get into this week, you had mentioned that, hey, listen, Easter's coming, and, you know, why not talk about a subject like this because we have a God, we have a Savior who came, lived, uh, and died and suffered on our behalf. Um, but But it didn't end there, you know. He rose again, and because of that resurrection, you and I and and everyone who puts our faith and trust in in Jesus Christ has a hope of a future, and that's an incredibly beautiful thing. From suffering uh, came victory, and I think is maybe a pattern that with God we find more than not in somebody's life who deals with suffering. Would you, wouldn't you say that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and we'll get into it as we talk, but I mean, it's, it's a tough subject for me and it brings back a lot of, of emotion. And, um, but it's, it's also rewarding because I know the outcome of this and I know the ending and, and this isn't the end and that's, that, that's the best thing. So, yeah. Well, I thought maybe the, um, the outline we would take today would flow kind of from a, a passage that you and I have talked about in the past in dealing with this subject, and that is Psalm 73. And mm-hmm. we're not going to read it. I'm going to paraphrase more than anything as we kind of go through it, but I, I wanted to use it as as our outline. Um, and so I, I'll kind of lay that out, and, and, then, uh, um, and then we'll kind of base where we go from there. So Psalm 73 is a psalm by David, and in that psalm, David is having a pretty tough time. He's going through some pain. He's going through some suffering. Um, He sees wicked people getting ahead. He sees his life crumbling, you know, from the foundation, and he really begins to question God. Mm -hmm. And then from that, we see his response and ultimately what David does with pain and suffering in his life. And so, you know, that's a good place for us to kind of, to piggyback off of, to use as kind of, you know, our, um, our outline for, for, for today. So, so that's kind of the direction that we'll go. Uh, Before we get into that though, I, you know, we talked last week about uh, what Nate was doing um, uh, with SOMAC right? Did I say that right? So Mac? Yes, sir. Yes. I'm not going to say the whole word, uh, the whole name, but So Mac is a group that has been making masks and shields for first responders. And, um, they've been nonstop ever since, well, two weeks now, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) What's, what was the goal you said earlier? Goals 5,000. 5,000. 5,000 face shields. Yep. Wow. And where are you guys at right now? Um, just Josh and I this week. Uh, we're about around 500 right now. Wow. And that doesn't count. We got 50 people on this now across Southern Ohio. That's awesome. So even if they create, you know, 10 apiece, uh, we'll have easily 1,000 by this week. And production will probably ramp up even more next week because a lot of these people who signed up, they signed up two or three days ago. So I think we'll have way more. And when you get when you hit that goal, where do you go from there? 
hopefully they won't need it anymore from there. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it just depends on how everything lasts or how long everything lasts. And uh, our, our goal is to hopefully, you know, provide as much as we can for, you know, all the, all the people who've signed up on the form so far. And, you know, hopefully they won't need it here in a few weeks. We'll see. And the Facebook page, if somebody wants to volunteer, give money, support you guys in any way, um, where, can they, where can they go and find information to do so? Yeah, just go to Facebook. Um, you can either type in uh, the, the mouthful that, that Kevin hates, uh, <laughs> Southern Ohio Makers Against COVID Coalition, or just simply SOMAC with two Cs. I told you, I just think it sounds redundant. Yeah, I didn't come up with the name. <laughs> you guys could have just I'm, done. You guys could have done something like "We Make Mask." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting that uh, that bad juju on me, man. That's someone else's fault. Uh, <laughs> Facebook page, "We Make Masks." You guys went out on a whim, right? Yeah, something like that. We yeah. make mask. W M M. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Catchy. Is that right off the top of your head, Cody? Yeah, right off the top. He's okay, so we're witty. Friends. We're friends now. Man. Yeah. Yes. He's so witty. I mean, <laughs> you can't make it as a detective nope. in this world. I cannot. Unless you're smarter than the guy you're trying to get. That's right. You gotta you gotta think quick. Act you're really good at making acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one for one right now. Well, good man. No, that's awesome. Uh, keep up the good work. And again. Uh, we'll continue to get updates from you, you know, just as this goes on. But really cool, man. Thanks, man. And just a big thanks to everyone in the church who's helped out. We've had several people reach out to me. And uh, thanks to the church itself for donating money. Um, that's going to go a long way in buying the materials that we need. So thanks. Cool. All right. Well, um, so hitting the first part of of kind of where David goes with this, and he and he starts to talk about, his struggles, you know, that's where this all starts, right? Mm -hmm. It starts with us coming up against a situation that we never believed we would have to face, that seems unfair, that seems unjust, that insurmountable, mm -hmm. uh, monumentous, whatever. Like, it's just this big thing. And, and this is something you've personally faced with the death of your son. Right. And so maybe let us in on that a little bit. Like, you know, where, what was that thing for you? And just, you know, we, of course we can't, that story is a long story, but we right. can, we can at least give pieces of it, but, but let us in a little bit on that. Um, and that and that injustice, that pain, that suffering that that really began and 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 how it kind of took over, maybe, yeah, you know, honestly, it really didn't take over significantly until about two years after, honestly. Um, but initially, after my son passed, I remember that night going out into the hospital outside of the hospital. You might remember where I just was outside and I just screamed, like, why? Why? And, you know, of course, that's a cliche question, you know, whenever suffering occurs is, is, is why? And um, I, I remember, you know, screaming at God and telling him, like, I don't believe in you. Um, you know, why would you allow this to happen? Um, but it really didn't take a hold in my life until about two years after he passed. Uh, I was working as a cop in Wilmington. And so I was exposed to a lot of 
negative things. I mean, that's a lot of my job is, is people's worst day, worst week, month, year, decade, whatever. And I was exposed to a lot of kids that, that I feel that were being taken advantage of because their parents were not appropriately raising them. Um, and so there's examples that I can give and I don't want to get into it, but there was a lot of kids that are starving and, you know, and, and a lot of negative things in, in these kids' life. Some baby, you know, some of the babies are born as heroin addicts, addicted to heroin, and it's not their fault. Um, and so I just, you know, I got into that selfish mindset for a while that I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm a good guy. Like, you know, I, I feel like I've done the right things in my life. Um, not perfect. My wife's a good person. She's really giving. She's, she's loved God and served God her entire life. And why, why take our son and, and, and not some of these people that are abusing the, their, their, um, their ability to be a parent or why, why not take the people that are abusing others, whether that's sexually or physically. And, and why, why, why would you take a four month old son whose life hasn't even began yet? You know, that was, that was part of the, the, the Psalms that you're talking about of me seeing that, you know, like, like the wicked, you know, they're prospering and, and, and here I am, I feel like I was doing the right thing and, and, and I'm not. So why God? You know, that's, that's where I was at in that, that, that situation, you know, two years after he died. And you say it's cliche, but, I mean, the, the reality is how can you not go there? Mm-hmm. How can you not say, why God, you yeah. know? And I, I don't know how many times, you know, raising kids, you know, they come up every morning, Dad, can I have... You know, can I have a piece of candy for breakfast? Mm-hmm. No. Why? I mean, that's the question, right? right? Why? Why not? You yeah. know, and and they, it, it is because it's beyond their comprehension. And what I would say is, in most cases, in most situations, when suffering comes, it's beyond our comprehension of how, why, what, when, whatever, you know, I mean, it's beyond us. Right. And so... That is the question that we're going to ask. And we're going to ask the only one who can answer that question. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we see David do, just like you said. Yeah. David's sitting here. He sees the wicked getting prospering, having success in their life, whether it be financially, whether it be relationally, whether it be with their family and their children, whether it be in, in, in the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And he's not, yeah. you know. And you looked at that, and you said the same thing. Yeah, you know? it was it was it was a tough hurdle. It was a tough year that year. I mean, I went through some deep dark depression, um, you know. And there's reasons why, you know. On top of that, I I wasn't actually going to God at that time in my life with my problems. I was kind of running from Him. Um, I was just angry, and uh, yeah, the why thing just kept coming up and coming up because every day I went to work, there was something negative going on. I'm like, why not that guy? And why my son? Why not yeah. this girl? And why not my son? It was, it was tough. It was tough. So, What do you think was the, what did it take to turn that corner for you? Like at what point did it go from just this downward spiral, you know, to, to a place where 
things began to change? That's a good question. Um, the reason I ask is this. If there's no if there's no resolution to the question of why, even if it and, and I don't think that to answer that question it's the same for everyone or it's yeah, it's even something that just we get. I don't think it's something that we just get. Yeah. I don't think you go from one second being um in this place where you just feel beat down, beat up, whatever, to to just being all right. Right. I, I think it's a it's a step by step grind to get out of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you look here at Psalm seventy three, and this is this is what it says. It says David was dealing with this stuff. All this stuff was piling up. He was seeing the bad prosper. He was seeing the good fall on their faces. Yeah. And it says that he went into the sanctuary. I mean, that was that was the response. Right. Just right in the middle of that. Like, I'm going through this thing. I went to the sanctuary. Yeah. I yep. went to the sanctuary, and I discerned their end. And, it, and essentially what he's saying is, hey, listen, I went to God. Mm-hmm. And it began to clear up the confusion that I was that I was under, you know, with with everything that was going on. Yeah, I. It's not a time frame, but I I, I can say that once I realized that God, even though He's all powerful and knowing, um, and He could He prevent quote unquote evil or negative things, sure, um, but He also doesn't like sin. He doesn't like evil. Uh, and he's not the cause of that. And once I accepted that and understood that my life changed significantly. Yeah. Um, because that was what I held on to for a long time was, you know, why didn't you, why didn't you step in? Why didn't you intervene? I mean, you're so powerful. Why didn't you stop it? But, um, that was part of, part of the, um, steps in my life that kind of brought me back up to life challenges from my wife. You know, I luckily had a support with her. Um, and then just a lot of conversations with some good people that I trust. Um, a lot of them from our church, um, you know, just context of our conversations just really help, uh, help me understand suffering. And, um, I think that's kind of where I took the turn and, um, just, grew closer to God, um, surrounded myself with people who are good, good, God-loving people, and, you know, just vented to them about my frustrations and learned from them. Um, that was a lot, all of it together. I mean, again, like you said, it's not the way that my life changed from being at a downhill slope and going back up isn't exactly the same as somebody else who's suffering from a loss of a loved one or somebody that is battling some disease right now. Um, but that's kind of how my life kind of took hold and, and, and transformed back up to a positive life. And so, yeah. I was, uh, I got a call from a young man uh, that I know goes to our church, and uh, he's doing a paper. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're doing all online classes, but he's doing a paper for his... Uh, religion class, I believe, something like that. And so he said, hey, I have some questions for you. 
And I thought, like, he just needed help for a test or something. Mm-hmm. No, he's, he actually has to interview me. He had to interview me as a minister to the church. He had to interview me, and I had... So we had several questions. So he goes through this whole list of questions, how COVID-19 is affecting this or that, how it's good, how it's bad, blah, blah, blah. Right. Then the last question. Why did God allow COVID-19? <laughs> <laughs> did did you give him the answer just be a good person? Because <laughs> that's your answer for all. Oh gosh. No, I did not. But I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, are you being are you serious? Is that seriously the question that you're asking? Like why? Yeah. And again, though, I mean it comes to to what we're talking about and what you just said. I God does allow these things. Sure. If there is pain, if there is suffering, if there's hardship, then God has allowed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think it's as easy as there is an answer. I mean, I, the, I, I preached on this several weeks ago, and at the end of the message, I straight up said, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, I don't know. Um, now... Again, it's not an ignorant I don't know. It's it's a somewhat informed I don't know, but it's still an I don't know. Right. What I think, what I know to be true, and it's something that you and I have even talked about in regard to your the loss of your son, and that was that Lincoln's death would be a tragedy. Um if it weren't for God. Right. And I think COVID-19 would be disastrous if it weren't for God. Mm -hmm. But throughout this whole thing, you know, one of the things that we've talked about was we don't just focus on the negative here. We focus on the good. And and what I would say is if I, if I, when he asked me that question, you know, I, it would be easy to defend and say, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm going to say, yes, God did allow it. And I know what God has done in my life in this. Yeah, And that's all we can do. Each individual story is going to be different. You with your son, mm-hmm. everybody who deals with this, whether it be economical, whether it be relational, whether it be, you know, just the isolation that, that creates in your life with this. Whatever the situation, like how you deal with it and what God does with it in that, we all answer different different ways. But I would say it's brought me and my family closer together. He's allowed it because in pain, in suffering, I grow more than when I don't face those things. Yeah. I mean, I've had conversations with people in the past, and I've, I've said, you know, this sounds weird to say it, but I'm thankful that my son passed. Because if they only knew the amount of people that were saved from Lincoln's life, and or we're brought to Christ, to me, that's a victory. Because, you know, I mentioned it last week, you know, this, this world we're living on is, is temporary. And, and um, where my son is is permanent, and it's beautiful, and I can't wait to get there. So if, I could, if his death would bring more people to Christ, then to me it's a victory. Yeah. It doesn't take away the sting. It doesn't take away times in life where... Um, you know, I have human moments where I miss them. And, you know, there's times I still get selfish 
Um, and I deal with my own pity of seeing a father and a son connect together. And, you know, I get selfish of that. And then God just slaps me in the face and said, I gave you three daughters. <laughs> Keep moving forward. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you, God. Yeah. You know, because if, I, if I'm lucky to have them, you know, I'm lucky to have my wife. I'm lucky to have a job. I'm lucky to have people and friends and family that love me. You know, a lot of people don't even have that. Um, and sometimes I have to change my perspective to his perspective because when I make mistakes in life, it's because I use my perspective as a guideline and I don't put God's perspective for my life first. And, and again, that occurs a lot whenever I become selfish because of my, my suffering that I've experienced is, you know, woe is me, you know, at my, my son died. Let, let, me, let me get sad about it. Well, and that brings up another thing that I, I would like just as you're, as you're rolling with this right now. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who looks at their situation and says, how can any good be in this? I mean, cause there really are people that, that are dealing with so much pain and struggle in their life that they see no good in it. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you find good in this? How do you, like, where do you look? How do you, how do you position yourself to do that and do it well? I don't know if I necessarily do it well. I, I, I don't know if there's an actual equation that says if you do this and do that, then that equals well. Um, again, I, whenever, I, whenever I center my focus on God's purpose for my life, my life tends to, to be better. But again, it doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen still because I, I've learned through this suffering that there is... Um, there's going to be consistent negative things that are impacted in my life. But again, um, how I, how I grieve my son's death or how I deal with my son's death well, um, is I, I put God first in everything that I do. I mean, that's, I don't really know if I have a really good, it's kind of like the answering why do bad things happen? Like, I don't know, but I mean, I, I do know it's just, I put God first and I don't know if that's a vague answer. Um, I lean on him and, um, and even during my dark days that I still have, um, you know, kind of me, me and my wife were talking one time. I was like, I kind of envisioned myself just like when I'm going through the valley, I just, I just look up and reach my hand up and have God grab my hand and pull me through it hmm. um, because I, I can't do it alone. And, and I know that God will be there with me at all times because he promises, he promised that, you know, he promised that. Good times, bad times, he'll always be there. Nate handed me, um, ha- or showed me this verse while you were talking. Yeah. In James uh, chapter 1, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith per- produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking in anything. It's awesome. And you know, I just when we were think when I was thinking about this subject this week, I mean, that's that was the image that came to mind. My son, mm-hmm. you know, and how many times have I created pain or allowed pain in his life because I want him to grow up and be healthy and good and right. Right. Now, again, I don't think God wants these bad things, no. but because of a world that has fallen, a world that is broken it is a part of the natural world now. And because of that fallenness and that brokenness, bad things happen. And so ultimately, 
like you said, it's about our perspective. Right. How am I going to view this? If you wanted to, and you know this, mm-hmm. to go down the deepest, darkest tunnel with this in the world, you could do it, right? Easy. If you let yourself, you could do it. Yeah. We all could. Yeah. The world offers a lot of things that will allow you to go down that hole. Right. That seem on the surface as a temporary satisfaction, but it's not. It's not a permanent satisfaction. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, there's pills out there you can take to just get through the day. You're going through a bad day. Here's, here's a pill. Get through it. Next thing you know, you're addicted, you know, yeah. or there's, um, there's a lot. I mean, I can sit here and go on and on about there's things that are offered to you as you go through your days. Um, just to get you through it. But again, it's just a temporary satisfaction. And what God offers is a permanent satisfaction. And it doesn't, again, like I've said earlier, it doesn't negate that I still don't have bad days. It doesn't negate that whoever else is dealing with these issues or suffering in their life, that they're not going to have bad days um, past the incident that occurred to have them have this suffering. Um, But you have to just, in those rough days, in those valleys, um, you just have to reach your hand out and let God carry you through. You know, I, I think about Jesus sitting on the cross, you know, bleeding and uh, after he was beaten. And, you know, their God is, you know, he could have stopped it, right? But he didn't. And, you know, I put that in perspective. And, and I think about my example of losing my son. And I look at that image and I think of God just saying like, you know, me too, man. I've been there. Yeah. You know? But in him, um, yeah. You can have eternal life because Christ rose. I mean, three days later. So, you know, that's what I hold on to. I've told you this <clears throat> as we've talked about this subject in the past, and I've used this in 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 different settings. But one of the things that that always just drives it home for me is you have this scene at the end of Job, and I know this is a book that you've read yeah. several times, and one that you know just has meant a lot to you, just because Job was a sufferer. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the book, he has this meeting with God. You know, it's what we all ask for until we see Job do it and we're like, ah, you know what? I'm glad that was you and not me. <laughs> right. Because right. that looks a little scary. Yeah. Um, but God's sitting there and this is, I mean, this is what the answer comes down to, Cody. And I, I just can't even imagine this answer in, in our lives. In our culture, I don't think people could handle this. But God's message to Job is, I'm God, you're not, so deal with it. Yeah. And we think about that and we think... <gasps> That's so blunt. It's so blunt. <laughs> yeah. It's so impersonal. It's so... I, I mean, it just... It, 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 I've said this every time I say this. I don't know that that represents a God that I want to follow. Sure. If that's if that's who God is, I don't know that I want to be a Christian. Right. And that's just being, I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Okay? But that isn't the end of the story, is it? No. And, I, and it's what you've been driving at this whole time as mm-hmm. you've talked about this. The end of the story comes thousands of years later. Mm-hmm. When a man named Jesus is born in a manger, in a horse stall, well, probably a donkey or a camel, right? Right. I don't think they had horses. It's probably a donkey. (laughs) A brown one. A brown donkey. (laughs) Not a gray one. It's definitely brown. Yeah. And 
he lives his life perfectly, and he touches people's lives, and he doesn't go to you know, the kings and the rulers and, and the people of power, but yet the message that he brings is one to the weak and the lowly. He puts together a ragtag group of men that nobody else wanted. They were the rejects. Mm-hmm. He goes, he lives his life, he's killed as a criminal... He's buried. He died. He suffered. But he rose again. You see, God said to us, like he said to you, I'm a dad too. Mm -hmm. And I know what it's like to lose a son. Yeah. He said, yes, I am God and you are not, and this is the way it is, but also I am God and you are not, and because of that, I'm going to sacrifice more than you could ever imagine, just so that I could be re, uh, that I could have a relationship with you again. That's what he says, man. So the story doesn't end with "I'm God and you're not." The story ends with "I'm God and you're not," but I love you so much that I will give everything for you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the gospel. That's the Easter story, man. And that's what brings hope when there seems to be none. Mm-hmm. That's what I can hold on to when everything else is falling around, falling down around me. And that's what David says. He says, my flesh and heart and fail, but God is my strength and my portion. And so then the question is, what do we do with all this? What do we do with it? And David answers that too. <laughs> <laughs> he says, God is my refuge. And because of that, I will tell of the works that he's done in my life. Cody, you have done that by being so willing to share your testimony, to share your story. Mm -hmm. But it goes beyond that. It goes to the hope that we have in the gospel and what Jesus Christ has done in our life. And so the answer to suffering at the end of the day is Jesus. Yeah. It's Jesus, man. Yeah. I mean, I've... When I was going through hardship with this, you know, I, I Googled, I searched, how do you get over this? And, you know, this is when I was going through all that and I couldn't find an answer, you know, I, and, and it was nothing that was, uh, a, again, a permanent answer. It was a temporary answer. And until I accepted what you just spoke about and when I accepted that, my life took a significant change yeah. and it wasn't down. It was an up change where my relationship got better. My relationship with my kids got better. Um, relationship with my family, relationship with my church family, uh, just everything in my life has, has really, um, been on the upswing. But I will say this, that, you know, I'm prepared. I'm more equipped now because I understand that there's going to be more hardships that are coming. And I've, I've accepted that. And, um, and I'm prepared for that. And now I know, how to deal with them a little bit better and who I need, who I need to look to first yeah. when these go, when these occur, um, is, you know, it's not asking why it's asking, what do you want me to do with this to glorify you? Yeah. Um, and that's not easy to do that, especially during the midst of these struggles. 
Um, but that's the ultimate answer that I feel like you need to ask um, when these occur, you know, so. Good, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, another show in the books. Boom. We, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So we sign off here. I think so. And, and what's let me ask you this: What's going on Sunday? Is there anything special for our sermon on Sunday? If anybody's listening to this, well, we're going to talk about Jesus. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad we're talking about Jesus. We're going to talk about the resurrection. Okay. And uh, and we're going to talk about that. What that means for us? Should we tell the people that watch our service on Facebook to dress up in suits and ties? <laughs> Like, you know, like we're supposed to dress up on Easter Sunday or what What are they supposed to do? Definitely. Go buy Easter okay. outfits. I was Actually, about, order them from Amazon so you don't have to leave your house. Yeah, I was thinking about just wearing my tuxedo t-shirt, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> might take a picture and post it on the Leesburg oh, Church of Christ page. Oh, definitely do it. Do it. I did <laughs> ask um, everyone to create a video yeah. of your family just saying happy Easter and hi. I just, one of the things that I've I've seen throughout this whole thing, what I've heard people say is, you know what? I miss seeing you. I miss hearing you. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like when you're isolated, you know, and you're just, you're limit the groups that you're in. You're, you're not in contact with those people that you see on a weekly basis. When you do hear their voice or when you do have a conversation or when you do see them, like it's more meaningful. Right. I just got off the phone with my mom and, and it was like, she was saying like, I've, I've seen the girls from a distance it was so weird. I couldn't hug them, um, yeah, you know, and she's, she was struggling with that. And then me and her were sharing stories back and forth because we haven't seen each other in a while. And it was like we were two auctioneers talking at the same time. It was like, <laughs> hibbida, 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 you know. Was, but, I mean, that's, that's, that's where we're at, unfortunately, right now. Yeah. And so I just thought it would be neat if everybody could just post a little video. Mm. Uh, send it to me, 937-402-0767. Send it in text. Or uh, email me at kevin.stuckey at leesburgcc.com. And and we're going to just put a collage of those together of everybody kind of saying, hey, happy Easter, you know, whatever. Be creative with it. You know, use your family. um, Just whatever. I, I just think that could be a really neat thing for Sunday morning. So that, that, that part I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the creativity that some people have. If, if Jason McNeil can pull through. Oh, Lord. Because you know that he's really creative. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I don't know if creative in, the, in, 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 in that way. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's considered creative. Yeah. I think well, it's considered ridiculous maybe? <laughs> <laughs> is the right word yeah nate did you have something to say i was just gonna say uh i've seen jason dress up in a richard simmons outfit before oh so, wow yeah yeah just throwing that out there yeah. picture that in your head Calling happy easter from richard simmons <laughs> yeah that would be sweet yeah. work it uh jason mcneil <laughs> we better see it oh good man well again uh, thank you, Cody. Thank you, Nate. Um, I, I feel like we should end with more suffering, okay? So, Cody, I think, should pray today. Nate, you got... Nate, you, what Nate do you we're friends. Remember this, right? Yeah, but you still need to pray, dude. Yep, so you said, That's Kevin, on you, you man. need to pray, man. 
<laughs> My head's bowed. You guys can't see me. <laughs> All right, let's end in prayer. Father God, we do. We thank you. We love you. Um, we praise you that the story didn't end with I'm God and you're not, but it ended with your son Jesus coming to this world, living, dying, and being raised from the dead um, to bring victory to our lives. And so we want to connect with you. We want a perspective that you give, not one that we create, God. And we know that, you know, these, it's not going to be a quick and easy answer, Lord, but with discipline and a focus and a trust and just a daily movement towards you, you will bring us to a place of health, God. So please show us that. Open the door to that in our lives. Uh, move us in that direction. Bring the right people into our lives to help us uh, be formed and transformed into the people that you would have us be. Uh, may we focus on you constantly and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Say it. Yes, say signing off. Signing off. I got to say bye. <laughs>